confidence shows up for everyone in different ways. And don't try to mold yourself into something that you're not. Understand your strengths and what you're really good at. Continue to do those. And maybe pick something that you're not great at and develop a muscle in it. So if you know, you're not great at public speaking, take a chance, take a leap of faith and start to develop that. Start small, find ways to develop your confidence in that because something that you may not be great at now, if you work on that muscle, it'll all of a sudden become your strength. So have the self-awareness, understand what you bring to the table and what you need to work on. Um, and if you can take ownership of that and really work towards it, it's, it's going to take you a really long way. Welcome to the Madeline and Becca podcast. The mission of our podcast is simple, to inspire professional self-confidence in women everywhere. I'm Madeline. And I'm Becca. On our podcast, you will hear stories from real world influencers, women who have experienced tremendous success in their careers by building self-confidence. Thanks for joining us. On today's episode, Madeline will be interviewing Mala Rugg. Mala is a human resources business partner at a digital marketing company in Burlington, Vermont. Mala grew up the daughter of Indian immigrants. She took the lead on language integration at a young age, which gave her confidence and a love of communication. She is a graduate of Syracuse University and Emanuel College. Mala has spent her career as an HR professional with a focus on performance, recruitment, talent development, and managing the business of people. Mala will provide tips on how to make HR work for you, including best practices for developing a relationship with HR, how to negotiate for a salary increase or promotion, and why ambition matters. Here's Madeline. Ambition is can almost be one of those taboo words, I think, in the workplace where, you know, it can have a negative connotation in particular for um, people being maybe overly zealous or too ambitious or too bossy or outspoken. How have you used ambition in your own career? And also, how have you cultivated that in a positive way with the people that you um, interact with and, and mentor on a day to day basis? Yeah. So you're absolutely right. Ambition can be used in a lot of different ways. And I think it's something that we can all relate to. I think specifically as being a woman, um, we always hear the word bossy. Being in HR, I work with leaders to make sure that they provide feedback to people. And I always have that lens on is, you know, what words are we using? And when we say this to one gender versus another, and the word bossy always strikes me, right? Like, Females, women can be called bossy, but do we say the same thing, same thing of men? I I view ambition the same way. Um, For me, ambition is your drive and your motivation to want to do something and do it the best that you can. And I've always had that. Um, And I think that's really what drives me now is to making sure that I'm living up to my potential. Ambition is personal to me. 
And so making sure that I can live to that potential, I'm doing my very best. And some things I'm going to have ambition for that interest me, that drive me and other things I'm not going to have ambition for. And that's okay. Um, it's really what motivates me and drives me. So if you set a goal out for yourself that I want to make X amount of money by this time, or I want to be at this level at this point in my career. Okay, cool. You've got the goal. Now, what are you going to do to get there? And your ambition is going to help you get towards that goal. When I have a goal or I say I'm going to do something, I come up with a plan. Now, that plan may not be very well thought out, but I've built in kind of those building blocks that's going to get me there. Stair-stepped approach. It's not going to be a a playbook. It's not going to be a one thing is going to get me there. It's going to be a series of things. And I'll test it out. It may not work out, and I'm going to need to pivot. So I think being open to knowing yourself and what, again, drives your ambition and motivates you and creating your own story. You create your own playbook, whatever that's going to be. Um, but you need to put in that hard work. It's, it's For most of us, it's not naturally going to be handed to us. You need to put in that work. Putting in the playbook of Mala or the playbook of Madeline or the playbook of Becca, whatever your playbook is and checking in on your playbook and maybe making iterations or changes. Um, do you suge- would you suggest for other people to, to you know, run it by maybe friends or family or colleagues? What kind of advice would you have with respect to getting outside input? Absolutely. Um, you know, again, you have to know yourself and what you're actually working towards. Some people like to keep things to themselves until they have it fully vetted out and they're ready to share it to the world. Others like to involve everyone every step of the way. For me, I'm strategic on who I involve at what point in my story. So when I've got this big idea and something that I'm working on, I may sit on it for myself for a little bit. I may bounce it off a close confidant. Maybe it's my husband, maybe it's a coworker, just to kind of throw it out there. And then you start to pull in those resources, right? It's, it's the call a friend mentality. You know, you go to X for this, you go to someone else for that. Um, and that's when you start to call in on your resources. But I think you want to bring in, at least for me, diversity of thought. How did becoming a mother change what you felt professionally or your professional goals and what advice you would give to women who are becoming first-time moms and making those tough decisions about how to, I hate to use the word balance, but how to adjust both work and family? Yeah. So it looks different for everyone. Um, And honestly, you can read books, you can talk to people, but you have to experience it yourself in order to make those decisions. Um, For some people, becoming a mother is, right, something that they've ultimately always wanted to do, something they've been working towards. And once that little one arrives and, and you're taking care of them, your priorities shift. And so you really have to go through the experience and make those decisions as they feel right. Don't try to preemptively make decisions before, before you're ready. I talk to a lot of people in my role who are going to be first-time moms, and they're going through the planning process and the time off that they need. And, okay, so I'm going to take this amount of time off. And then when I come back to work, I think I may need this. Or I'm not sure I want to come back to work. And 
I listen to them because, right, these are all thoughts and things that they need to go through. And then my biggest advice to them is, okay, so when that little one arrives, let's have the conversation again a couple months later. Take it all in and let's let's talk about it when you're ready because things could shift. There's so many unknown variable factors that can drive what you and your family may need at the time. Um, so don't try to overplan and overthink what that could look like. Just, just, just take it as it comes and then start to have the right conversations. Mala, can you give us a little bit about the best practices for developing a good relationship with human resources? So I shudder when I hear the word human resources. It sounds so like old school, um, very traditional, because honestly, when you hear the word human resources or HR, your first thought is to shudder. It's nothing but but bad news, right? Or potentially bad news. Um, so I think it's really thinking about how you frame, you know, how you frame your understanding of what it means to, to, to be a human resources uh, professional, an HR professional. Each organization has their, what I would call their people strategies set up differently. If you're in a smaller organization, they may not have, you know, um, a large HR department or someone focused just on people. It may reside in the finance department. Um, if you're in a larger company, it's, I would say, at least 100 people or more. Um, they may have something uh, set up that is uh, revolving around, you know, a, a human resources department. A lot of um, businesses are, are changing their HR model to really be focused around people and be people consultants, talent coaches, and management. So I would start to reframe your mind of what does it mean to engage with someone in the HR practice? Take away the word HR and think of it in terms of people, people consultants, people coach. And what do you need some coaching on? What do you need some advice on? Guidance, career, um, career guidance, or maybe how to approach a conversation with a manager and you're just looking for some feedback. Seek out if someone does exist in your organization that may have the word HR in their title, people in their title, ask around. Um, that's the best way to understand uh, who's who and, you know, in the world, like, hey, have you had an interaction with so-and-so before? They're in HR, but, you know, I'd love to hear about your experiences, right? And so, so do a little bit of your own research to understand, is this someone that you want to engage with? Um, take ownership, set up the initial meeting and feel out, the, feel out that person for yourself. That probably wasn't the right word to use. You know, test that relationship yourself um, and really understand, is this someone that you can connect with? Because you're not going to connect with everyone, right? Just like if you have a manager or a coworker, you're not always going to get along with someone. So you really need to find that connection point, something that really kind of grounds you and someone that you would want to open up to and, and really establish a conversation. Um, I had a young woman come to me, I would say about a year ago. Uh, she had just come from a larger company from New York City, and that company had a HR business partner model. And so she had had a great experience with that model that they had. And so she immediately sought me out within a couple of weeks to say, Hey, I just wanted to introduce myself. You know, I had a great relationship with my HR, um, with my HR contact before. And I just, I wanted to make sure that if this is something that I could establish here. And it was, she just proactively reached out. It made my day. And so my point in sharing that is I ended up being, and I am a sounding board for her. If there's topics or things bothering her or that she just wants some more guidance on, 
that we can engage in. And she took the initiative to establish that relationship from, from the beginning. So I would highly encourage you to, you know, understand the structure of the organization that you're in, do your own research, figure out, you know, who that person is in that role. And if it's someone that, you know, you want to try to establish a a relationship with to try to have those types of conversations, it's not always going to work that way. Um, but that's, that, that's the first step. Let's say somebody came to you and they are looking either to advance their career by applying for a promotion or perhaps trying to negotiate a salary issue. What types of advice would you give them generally? I know we're not into a specific situation, but what, what general um, steps would you advise that they take? Well, I would have different answers for both of those topics. So, um, you know, if someone is looking to further their career and they're looking for advice on how to do it, um, I would, I would want to ask them, well, what are you looking for in terms of the next steps and really understand, I would, I would serve as that coach for them. Maybe something that their manager is already doing. They're looking to get another perspective, or maybe they're not getting that and really understand, are they running to something or are they running away from something? What is their motivating factor? Um, I'd also want to understand, is this an inline promotion for them? So it's really kind of the next step. They're an associate now and they want to become a senior. And it's really just taking on additional responsibility um, at the next level up. Or are they changing their actual skill set and what they want to uh, gain exposure to? And maybe they don't necessarily have the requisite skill set and technical skills to go into that role and then trying to help them understand the gaps or what are they doing in their current role? That's actually quite, um, it can translate quite well into the role that they're going into. So I would do a little bit of an intake to really understand their motivations and what is this next role that they're looking for. And with respect to, and I think this is something everybody has faced in their career, And it can be quite intimidating, I think, sometimes. And that is asking for a salary increase or negotiating a salary increase. Do you have any best practices that you've seen in your experience that work really well? Yeah, listen, you don't know until you ask the question, right? And um, every organization, every company is very different in how uh, how they approach their compensation structure. And so... I think some of the questions that you should ask, and I'll, I'll caveat it with saying that they may not be able to answer all these questions for you, um, but you should really understand, you know, you're asked the questions of, are there, are there pay ranges? If there are pay ranges, are you able to share with me where I am relative in the, in the pay range? And recognize that they can't tell you um, confidential information as it relates to other people's salaries and where you may be relative to your peers, let's say. But they can talk to you about where you are within that pay range. What drives that? So what relevant factors? Is it experience? Is it um, performance? Is it the job market? And maybe you have a certain skill set or maybe they're looking for a certain skill set that may pay differently within the range. There's different factors that go into it. It's not a, a one size fits all. And so those are questions that you can ask from a curiosity standpoint to to really understand where you are and then ask, well, what are my options to be able to get an increase? What does that look like? Um, Some companies, they just kind of do their annual. Um, 
a lot of the organizations, it's about advancing yourself within within the within your current role. So are there additional responsibilities that you can take on? Um, so it's still and kind of you're still within scope of your role, but you're going to take on more and you're asking to be compensated for that. Um, or is it understanding, well, what is the next level? What is what is my opportunity to progress in order to be able to receive that increase? Um, and then some companies, it's it's a matter of, of retention. Um, you know, maybe you've gone out and you've sought another job and, you know, you, you're presenting them, you know, with your offer and you're looking for a counter offer. Some companies may engage in that. Um, so again, it's, it's, it's pretty personalized. It's, it's hard to give kind of a, a cookie cutter answer to that, but I think entering into the conversation with curiosity understanding and asking the right questions and managing your expectations of what's going to actually come out of that. Another, from a global perspective question that I have for you is if you're dealing with workplace politics or perhaps situations that arise with a coworker or a manager, what is some of the advice that you might give? And I know this is hard when you don't have specifics, but just from a general HR perspective. So yeah, listen, there's a lot of workplace situations that happen that can make someone feel uncomfortable or start to question um, maybe their company's values, code of conduct, your own personal values. And where do you then go to kind of seek that outside counsel, if you you will, in terms of how you should handle that? And my guidance, and I think I said it earlier, um, earlier, but it's, you got to find someone that you trust. And it may be your manager. It may be a peer. It may be someone outside of the workplace. And if you've established a relationship or you know that you've got someone within your HR department that you can go talk to, um, I always advise that you go go talk to them. Um, set the parameters of why you're coming to say, listen, I'm just looking for some guidance here. It's, it's not to, you know, raise the red flag on someone, but I'd like to understand if I wanted to engage in this conversation with you, what would that look like? And, you know, when someone comes to me with an issue or something they want to talk about, I immediately establish ground rules and I let them know, hey, here's what this conversation will look like. It's just between you and me right now. Um, if I were to take any action, I will let you know. I may not be able to give you specifics, but if you say something that's of concern or maybe you know against company policy, I'm going to have to do something about it. Um, so I want you to just understand and be aware, but as much as I can be transparent and let you know what that process looks like, um, I will. And so if maybe you're not getting that from the person you're engaging with, ask it. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, hit subscribe now. Thank you to Nico Bertese for composing our original music. And thank you always to our home team of friends and family for supporting us in our mission. This episode was produced and edited by Madeline and Becca. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, You are somebody.